we've saved the best till last everyone um this is the press the session that um really got me excited because i'm really interested in mental health and i'm really interested in what happens in inpatient settings and this is a really good news story i'm here with bailey mitchell and dean henderson from east london trust and um yeah tell us a bit about what happened to start this work so amar shah was talking earlier about a decade ago you had some yeah, so we had really some, very, tra- some very serious and traumatic violent incidents on wards patients died uh, in one of our inpatient units and we needed to do something very different and that, that spurred us to think about what was possible uh, and out of that came a, a number of uh, tools and, and techniques which we tried and tested using QI methodologies uh, first of all in Tower Hamlets which is one of our boroughs and then in City and Hackney uh, and in Newham and how common is violence on inpatient wards? Is this a really big nationwide problem? Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's huge. Uh, it is our top incident in terms of all the incidents that we report. It is the biggest uh, violence and aggression as a category. It still is, actually, and it's nationally. It's, it's sort of, and it, I, I think up until now, in uh, Elft uh, at least, it's been sort of the expectation that that's the experience you're going to have as a patient or a member of staff. And that, that was the, sort of the, the sad thing, really, when we began this process. Nursing staff expected to be hit. Mm. They expected that violence was part of what they had to deal with when they mm. came to work. Uh, and what the QI work has done, the things we've introduced, has made it possible for them to see that there is a, there is a choice and it's not, a, it's not something they should accept and it's not something we accept. What do you do? What okay. have you actually done to have this reduction? Okay. So one of the really powerful things that's changed is the, is the idea of a safety huddle. So we now have uh, on each of our wards, three times a day, the staff get together to assess what's going on on the ward, to un- talk about patients and issues on the ward, and think about how they can together manage those issues and care for the patients in a way which prevents potential violence and aggression. Those happen on each ward. They also happen across the unit. Once a day there's a, a safety huddle bringing across the managers and, and leaders across the unit to think about across the unit what are the issues, how can they work together, how can they, who are the unhappy patients, who's dissatisfied, who might create a situation which could become violent, what can we do to meet their needs and prevent that from happening. And that's a seems like a simple idea but it's been a very significant change of like, the way we work and it's made a huge difference. So what difference has been made? What reduction have you seen over the last few years in violence? It's been pretty significant. So uh, sort of, it, it's different in all of our areas, but Newham we've seen a sustained 30% reduction in violent incidents uh, since we started the project in 2016. And uh, City and Hackney, I think it's about 40%. About 40% reduction. overall, and one of our wards it's been 66%, a two-third reduction. So it, it, it varies, but it's, it's, it's significant and it's sustained across the board. Yeah, so it, it's not a fluke. Um, and, I, and I think the other thing that's really important as part of these safety huddles is the voice of the, the patient and those that are on the ward that are receiving care that are trying to get better and recover can also feed into this because they're part of the eyes and ears of the ward they know who the people are that are coming in that are most vulnerable and they can help the ward uh, you, know, you know sort of help those uh, other patients and make sure that you, you catch things early most violent incidents don't come out of the blue there are usually some precursors, some early warning signs that suggest that someone isn't going to happen, isn't happy, and and that they're likely, you know, going to come into conflict if 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 they're not spoken to in a sensitive way. And how do you deal now with violent incidents when they do occur? Do you deal with that differently to how you did before? Um, I I think you know there are still 
So, so it depends. I, I think, you know, when you've got an actual violent incident, then there are, you know, protocols that you have to go through in terms of keeping yourself safe, keeping uh, that service user safe, importantly. So there, there are specific, you know, skills that our inpatient staff have that they need to implement to maintain that safety. But as part of this violence reduction work as well, we're looking at how we use things like you know, prone restraint in particular. We want to reduce that, and in fact, we want to eliminate it. Uh, so we're working hard to think about how we can modify the interventions that we use when there is violence so that the interventions we do use are, are the ones that are least likely to cause harm. And I think there's an emphasis now, greater emphasis now on debriefing afterwards. So if an incident happens, there's a debrief that happens with the, the team, the nursing team that were involved about how, how they handled it, what can they learn from that. But then there's also, if necessary, a debriefing with the, with the patients in the wards so they have a chance to talk about how that, that incident impacted on them and some explanation and some chance to just talk about what that means for them. So trying to learn from every incident uh, what we can do next time so that it doesn't happen or to deal with it as, as best we can in the future for the next time. This is a sensitive question and I've been wondering whether I should ask it or not, but in the presentation Amar was talking about violence from patients on other patients and violence from patients on staff. What yeah. about violence from staff towards patients? Mm. Does that occur and if so, have we got data on that? It doesn't really occur. It's not something... No, no it doesn't. I, I think... So there have been occasional instances where individual staff have taken a restraint too far. Yes. And, you know, when that does happen, you know, I don't think we've had any, any instances where we've observed or seen any evidence that anyone has purposely gone out to cause harm to, a, to an inpatient. But we have seen uh, restraints that have occurred where it's clear they've not used the proper techniques, that emotion has come into the situation and, and those are, are dealt with seriously and swiftly um, and through HR processes. There's, a no, there's no tolerance for that sort of behavior on inpatient wards. You know, staff are, are professionally trained uh, to, to act in a way that, that preserves the safety of staff and, other, and, and service users and others in, in the ward. So I, I would say it's a very, very small proportion of the, the incidents that, that we see. One of the other things that was really interesting in your talk was you said that staff well-being and staff retention had really gone up. And yes. it's like this process kind of feeds on itself and the improvement mm. kind of snowballs. I yes. think one of the issues that we've got in other inpatient units is that staff levels are low and staff well-being is low. And I guess that potentially could lead to those sorts of incidents mm. we're talking about there. Well, it used to be the case, say, five or six years ago, not, not just in East London, but across the board, that people were keen to get out of inpatient units as nursing staff. You do, the, you do your time, get your experience, and then try and get into the community. Now we find actually people want to stay in inpatient wards because they find it rewarding, that it's, it's recovery-focused, they can see themselves making a difference, there are possibilities for developing skills and, and, and advancing. So people aren't... Uh, trying to leave the inpatient wards if they enjoy it they want to stay and they enjoy being part of those teams yeah, in, in fact it's the, the inpatient units used to be a reliable source of really good staff that, that that i could recruit into community services but that has well and truly dried up so i think dean's right in terms of sort of a, a place that people want to work and stay inpatient units have had a real uh, transition do you see yourselves in East London as really unusual in having managed this? How do you compare to the rest of the country in, in terms of violence and inpatient units? 
So, so I know that uh, comparatively, I think we we we, we rank uh, pretty highly in terms of the work that we've done and the achievements that we've made in terms of reducing violence in inpatient settings. Um, personally, I think I don't spend a, an awful lot of time thinking about what's going on other places, and that's sort of probably the nature of my role. Uh, we spend a lot of time thinking about how we can make things better in, in East London, but I think. Also, as we talked about, um, or Amar talked about uh, in, in other sessions here, um, we also want to think more about how we can share our learning beyond just ELFT and, and how we can work with other mental health trusts uh, to, to share some of what we've learned because we, as an organization, believe really strongly that um, you know, we, we don't hold on to all the good things. Uh, you know, all teach, all learn. It's something that we, we believe in strongly. So, It's really inspirational work. I get the impression that you don't quite appreciate how amazing what you've done is. Um, but yeah, thanks a lot for sharing it with yeah, me. Thank you. Thank you.